All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Tooth Podcast. It is Wednesday, October 31st, 2018. On today's episode of the podcast, uh, some thoughts on Tuesday night's exhibition action in the SEC. Florida and Alabama were both in action. Uh, That comes off of several teams already playing exhibition games. Uh, We mentioned last week Kentucky, Arkansas, South Carolina. I know the Gamecocks. Uh, that's one that probably a lot of people turned their eye to when they figured out that South Carolina had lost to Augusta 77-72. I wrote about that on the website. So if you want to check out some thoughts on that, as I did mention uh, in the last episode, how I thought South Carolina could be a team that kind of sneaks up uh, into that NCAA tournament conversation from the SEC. Uh, and I kind of wrote about that uh, after the after the game and sort of how we shouldn't probably overreact too much uh, to what happened there, although there were some things that kind of stood out that, that make you want to see the Gamecocks get a little better in, in some of those areas, and they will as the season goes along. So we talked about that. But Florida and Alabama, uh, two teams that were in action on Tuesday night as we are now less than a week away from the start of the 2018-19 season in college basketball. Uh, let's start with the Gators. Uh, they beat Florida Southern 95-70. to um, one of those games where you kind of, again, it's an exhibition game. You take it for what it is. Uh, Mike White's tone was a little bit different than, than Avery Johnson's after the game, and we'll talk about that in a minute when we get to Alabama. But uh, Mike White, I think the biggest thing for him, and you, we've mentioned this before with Florida, how efficient they've been on defense in recent years. Um, that's something where we know how Mike White wants his teams to play defense, no matter if they're playing an exhibition game, if they're playing Kentucky, uh, if they're playing, you know, five random people off the street. He wants his teams to play defense. He wants them to play it for the full 40 minutes. That's just kind of the coach he is. He's always coached to that, uh, and he's done a very good job of it. But he did kind of mention, you know, after the game, he wasn't particularly impressed with their defensive performance times and kind of maybe just letting things slip a little bit and he kind of talked about you know that they were a little exposed in some of those areas but that's what most coaches kind of feel like when when you're at this stage of the season when you know the calendar hasn't even hit November yet you're playing exhibition games we know how coaches approach these these things sometimes and I think that's just something you're going to hear from everybody so the defensive improvement is something that they'll have on their mind as they move forward uh some things that stood out I didn't get a chance to watch this game I don't even think it was on anywhere but it's one of those games where you kind of just look at it you, you look at the box score you look at kind of the recaps uh, what the coach said after the game and you kind of put everything together they hit 14 three-pointers I don't think threes are going to be a problem for Florida this year again remember the opponent that they played in this game but I do think that will be a strength for the Gators this year we've talked about that before with guys like Jalen Hudson and Kayvon Allen and all these freshmen, I think they're going to be able to shoot the ball well. So they hit 14 three-pointers in that game. Some guys that, that sort of stood out on the stat sheet, aside from maybe the usual suspects. Um, DeAndre Ballard had 13 points. He's someone that can help them this year. I think they need him. He's just going to add to that depth. Keontae Johnson, the freshman, had 12 points. Noah Locke had 11 points. Uh, the freshman class has been well documented. We, we've talked about them so much now. Uh, how they're going to immediately elevate, I think, Florida in several different er- areas in terms of all their versatility that they have with that entire group. Uh, the Gators did turn it over 15 times. I think they had 16 assists. 
Um, so, you know, turnovers this time of year, you don't go too crazy about that. Uh, we've kind of mentioned maybe a possible trend like that because you do lose a guy like Chris Chioza. Um, and that does go back to the defensive element too. I mean, you knew what was going to happen when you lose someone like Chioza. Not only does he bring that leadership aspect and that toughness, but he brings it on both ends of the floor, both on offense as someone who, you know, takes care of the ball and is kind of your, your leader on the court on defense as well, playing that hard-nosed, aggressive type, uh, feeling like he can guard anybody in the country on any given night. Uh, so that's where I think you see immediately some things that stand out, but we, we knew that was going to be the case. Uh, it will be a situation where thing, Florida will kind of ease into things, and these, these younger guys, as they get more experience, uh, they'll be able to you know expand their contributions, and I think it's just a matter of seeing how things continue to develop as it is with all teams at this point in the season. Uh, Isaiah Stokes, Chase Johnson, both back on the court. We've talked about them this offseason. They can really add that depth in the front court, you know, beyond Keystone, Kivarius Hayes. So seeing Isaiah Stokes, Chase Johnson make that development, I think both of them played around 10 minutes in this game. That's going to be important uh, because we know what we're getting from Florida's backcourt. You kind of know where the strengths are going to lie. We mentioned the three-point shooting. Uh, but you, you want to be able to see them have enough healthy bodies in the front court and enough contributors to where they can, you know, go up against teams, they can be physical, and, and that's one of the things I continue to point out with them. You want to see the Gators be physical in the paint, not maybe rely on jump shots, be able to, to, to get the ball inside if they need to, uh, because we know teams are really going to guard them well on the perimeter, at least try to, because that will be one of the strengths of this team. So, Florida gets an exhibition game uh, under its belt and will now wait to tip off the season with a, a pretty big game on Tuesday night uh, when they head to Florida State. Always uh, a pretty, you know, anticipatedly anticipated matchup between those two teams, and Florida State's really good, um, even though Phil Kofer's going to be out a little while. So that's certainly a knock for the Seminoles. But you can still expect uh, a great game, as is usually the case uh, between those two teams. But uh, moving on to Alabama, Alabama gets a win over Montevallo, 82-40, to 40, um, about what you'd expect for, from that game, I, I think, when you look at it. Some things that stood out for me, uh, I mentioned earlier Mike White's kind of tone in the postgame and some of the quotes he had. Uh, Avery Johnson afterwards, I think he, he was more pleased with one of the main themes we've talked about this summer with Alabama, and one of the things that he mentioned uh, when I was at SEC Media Day there a couple weeks ago in Birmingham uh, one of the things Avery Johnson mentioned was that he felt like he had a team, with even without Colin Sexton, he thought this was going to be more of that team where you saw that balance and you saw a situation where maybe you feel like you're going to have four or five different guys that can chip in 12 to 14 points on any given night versus last year where you felt like you know Sexton was going to get 25 and then maybe you had a guy with 12 here, 10 there. Uh, but he feels like he's got guys you know top to bottom really where he feels like pretty much anybody he puts on the court is going to have a chance to hit that double double figures in scoring. So I think he, he was happy with the balance um, that he had from, from the team and being able to value the ball. I think he had 10 turnovers, uh, which, again, uh, it's easy to read into turnover numbers maybe this time of year, but remember, things are going to be kind of sloppy because you're not used to getting into that full grind of the season yet, so you kind of haven't hit that momentum. You don't really have a groove going yet, so things can be kind of sloppy. Um, that's some of the things that kind of stood out, I think, for him afterwards, was just seeing that balance and, and keep him in mind the opponent. But th- there were a lot of highlights, I think, in, in this game for Alabama. 
couple guys that didn't play, Riley Norris, Daniel Giddens, uh, Javion Davis, Fleming did not play. They all sat out for various reasons. Don't think any of them are, are serious. Uh, they should all be ready to go once uh, the Crimson Tide kicked things off against Southern. But uh, a couple other things. I think two guys in particular, I watched that game last night and thought these are two guys that, that we've kind of mentioned this summer that you feel like they're going to add to maybe the, the ones that we already feel like you know, are going to be those those top contributors when you're talking about guys like John Petty, uh, Dante Hall, Dazon Ingram, guys like that who we've kind of continued to mention. Uh, but a couple guys I think that are going to be key for Alabama, and one we mentioned in the, the SEC uh, breakout player series that we've done here on the podcast, and that's Alex Reese, uh, someone who has the ability to step out, knock down shots, and we saw his development during his freshman season, you can just kind of see it. He felt like someone who was going to really fit into the way that Alabama wants to play right now. And having a big guy, we always say it, sort of the modern game now where you want your big man to be able to step out and knock down shots uh, from all over the place. Alex Reese can do that, and he showed that uh, in the exhibition game. He had 11 points, uh, added six rebounds, but he went three of four from three-point range. That's where he's really going to help them this year. I just really think that he's set for a a pretty big season. And certainly, you know, it's kind of you look at kind of how they're going to play. We mentioned their big guys. You know what you're getting with Dante Hall, Daniel Giddens, uh, what they're going to add. But what Alex Reese adds that those two guys aren't adding is that that outside shot. And that's going to make him, I think, a, a really intriguing option for Avery Johnson as the season goes along because he does have a game where you just feel like he's kind of got that smooth game, and he's he's getting better. He goes now from his freshman to his sophomore season, and I just think that, that he's kind of set to, to really have uh, a good year there for the Crimson Tide because uh, you look at just kind of the, the experience he was able to get last year, um, you know, just being that modern big man that can step out and shoot. He hit 24 threes last year. I think that number's going to go up because he's going to get more time on the court. Uh, So I think if you're an Alabama fan, you're really going to be excited about his progress this year because he's going to add a lot of different elements I think you want in a front court player these days. Uh, Someone else, and we've we've talked about him, just kind of what was his role going to be right away, and that was Kyra Lewis, who comes in reclassified from 2019 to the 2018 class, and we've said it many times, Alabama needed it, losing Sexton, uh, losing Jared Butler to transfer. But now you have Kyra Lewis come in. He played 20 minutes uh, in the exhibition game, 10 points, 3 assists. Um, you know, not, you can't take a whole lot from it, but there were some things that I thought kind of stood out with him, and, and you can tell. I mean, he's got that quickness to him. Uh, he's able to get into the lane. Uh, I just think it's going to be a development process with him, and Avery Johnson mentioned that as well recently. He's not Colin Sexton, and it would be wrong to look at Kyra Lewis and say, okay, he's Colin Sexton, he's going to come in right away, he's going to score 25 every night, and Alabama's going to be fine. Uh, He's not that player yet, and you have to remember, this is a kid that reclassified uh, from 2019 to 2018, so there's still a development process he's going to have to go through, but it's getting that experience, and we mentioned it with the entire freshman class last year, how much experience they got, how valuable that's going to be going into this season. I think for Lewis, just getting any experience right now is going to be helpful. Even in an exhibition game like that that got out of hand, we knew it wasn't going to be close, but just any type of experience he can get uh, is important, and he's going to play a role for them. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Dayson Ingram 
probably getting your, your starter at point guard right now, but there's no doubt that, that Kyra Lewis is going to get opportunities. And I think as the season progresses, you're going to see him feel more comfortable. He's going to gain more confidence because he's got all the tools. We mentioned it before, just a multidimensional point guard uh, who can score off the dribble. He can shoot. He can get in the lane. As we've said, uh, he's going to make other players around him better. And I think as the game starts to slow down, we talk about that with freshmen all the time. As the game starts to slow down, and it will, uh, I think you're going to see him really shine. And I'm really excited to kind of see his development this year because it's something where he's got a chance to be a really, really good player for Alabama, uh, not only this year but down the road as well. Uh, so I think his development process is going to be huge this year. Uh, but there are some things that, that really stood out that I think if you're an Alabama fan, you've got to be excited about what he's going to bring to the table uh, this year and beyond. So those are the main takeaways from the action on Tuesday night. Uh, another SEC team will be in action Wednesday night. I know Tennessee plays Tusculum. An exhibition action. There may be someone else. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, but if I miss it, uh, we'll certainly have coverage of it uh, either on the podcast or on the website. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, and we continue to have a ton of stuff over at the website. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I put together a page that includes all of our preseason material. So all the previews we've done, whether it's uh, stories, you know, notebook entries. Uh, non-conference schedule previews, player previews, our underrated freshman series, and on and on and on. You can find links to all of that on one single page. All you have to do is go over to southeasthoops.com. In the top menu bar, you will see previews. Click on that, and you will see the page that includes our entire list of podcasts and, like I mentioned, our written stuff. Um, It's all there. So if you've missed anything, it's all there. Go check it out. You can read, listen to anything that maybe you haven't uh, had a chance to to read or listen to this offseason. That way you're ready to go when things tip off next Tuesday. And we're adding more stuff each day. Uh, I'm really kind of grinding through these non-conference schedule previews. We've got half the league up now. Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. Non-conference schedule previews for those seven teams are all up. We're going to continue to put the rest of them out as we head into uh, next Tuesday. So if your team is not up there yet and you want to see uh, who they're going to play in non-conference action and what you can expect, uh, head over to the preview page. That way you can check it out uh, as I'm doing just pretty much full capsules on every single opponent on every SEC team's non-conference schedule. So there's a lot of great stuff in there. Uh, There's been a ton of written stuff that we've done. So head over there and check that out if you missed any of it. And more stuff on the way uh, over at the at the website at southeastoops.com and on the podcast. So be sure to subscribe. Go over to iTunes, search for Southeast Hoops. That way you don't miss any of this great stuff that we do have coming up. Uh, and then, of course, once the season gets going, uh, a ton of coverage on your way from the world of SEC basketball as we enter uh, what's going to be just a really, really fun year in, in SEC Hoops and uh, we, we've talked about it all summer long, just how good some of these teams can be and kind of what the the expectations are for the league as a whole. And they're only growing by the day, I think, uh, when you see all the coverage that's out there, when you see people really dive into these teams, break down these rosters. There's so much to like. And it's just going to be a big year for the conference. So uh, thanks, as always, for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.